So when should you take responsibility for other people's problems? Find out in this episode of Incremental Health Tips. Welcome to Incremental Health Tips. My name is Jared, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Liz. Today, we're going to be discussing when you should take responsibility for other people's problems. And to answer the question, you shouldn't, and uh, we'll see you next time. I'm just joking. Actually, there's a lot more. There's a lot more to this. Uh, so, there's a couple parts of this, Liz. And if we're going to unpack it, uh, I guess there's there's ultimately two two parts of it. So the first part is how do we know if we should take responsibility or not when somebody else is having a problem, like somebody that we're involved with. So one of the things that someone can look at is the way that they describe the problem. So if you're describing a problem and you keep saying my spouse or my partner, and that's the start of the sentence, that could be a good indication that the issue is their behavior. Because if you're talking about your own behavior and saying, I did this, I got mad, I got angry, those are I statements as opposed to my partner, my spouse. Or emphasizing the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, the I statements can be, um, well, the I statements, at least, at least it seems to me like they can be problematic as well because, uh, let's say a spouse has an anger issue and has expectations, let's say, that dinner is on the table when they arrive home from work and let's say there's a busy day or something and uh, there's an argument ensuing from an expectation of dinner on the table not being met the person who was on the receiving end of that anger might say well I didn't have dinner ready not my spouse got angry or had an unrealistic expectation so how can we untangle that then like how can we know when we're um, you know, when, you know, when it should be my, not I. Well, if it's the wife's responsibility to have dinner on the table, then it is an accurate statement if she didn't have it ready. But the response that she gets for that, if she gets a really angry response to the point where, you know, she feels scared or threatened or like she's really messed something up by not having dinner ready. I mean, the reality is sometimes dinner is late because life can just get that busy where you might not be able to have dinner on time every single night. No, no, it's, it's true. I, I, I just sort of realized the, the complexity of it. Um, so does it ultimately matter? if we take responsibility for other people's problems if it doesn't impact us negatively? Well, I think part of the issue could be that, you know, it might not be impacting a mother negatively to pick up after her kids, but then her kids aren't learning the responsibility of picking up after themselves. So thinking a little bit more about what are the long-term consequences of my taking responsibility in this area 
can be quite helpful for starting to recognize, well, am I taking on some responsibility that I shouldn't be taking on? Well, uh, a readily available example in my mind is if uh, somebody uh, is offended by something that I say. Um, you know, I in you know, there's been a lot of times that I've I've said something and not realized that I came off in such a way that somebody's that somebody was offended and it became an issue of me needing to take responsibility for the fact that this person was offended and apologizing even when I didn't feel like an apology was warranted but ultimately I've I've moved on but I see your point where if the person is, if this is going to happen a lot with this person, I'm not doing the person any favors by, by making, by developing the expectation within them that the world is going to apologize always when they're dissatisfied. Yeah. So this then becomes, if this is something that's a pattern that's been going on for quite a few months where someone is taking all of the responsibility in a situation when there's two people involved. You know, usually there's enough responsibility to share it with people instead of taking it all on one person. So if you're always the one taking on all the responsibility, or if you're the one taking none of the responsibility, then there's probably something out of balance there where you need to consider, well, what's going on here? What is the appropriate thing I should be responsible for? Well, one of the aspects in graduate school that they emphasized with us when we are um, working with, let's say, an organization or like in a consulting sort of relationship is making sure that you co-own the, like, be clear with who's responsible for what but if there is a miscommunication we don't say you've misunderstood you say we have had a misunderstanding and that can really that can really help with with you know maybe reducing the amount of tension in that interaction so liz uh you touched on it earlier with picking up after kids and then kids not learning responsibility. So ultimately in that situation, you're enabling bad behavior. So how do we know the difference between when we are actually helping somebody or enabling somebody by taking responsibility to help them with a problem? Yeah, so I see this a lot with people that I work with. Someone might come in and they'll say, I need to help my partner because he has anger issues, so I want to know how to de-escalate things. And so if you're looking at a situation like that, well, if someone has an anger problem, whose responsibility is that? It's the person with the anger issue. Whereas it's a different thing if someone comes in and says, my partner and I don't do conflict well, and I'd like to learn some strategies to better manage that because then it's more of a mutual issue instead of what 
could in some cases be a coercive control issue where the partner is getting angry deliberately just to try to control the person. If if you're in a coercive control relationship, then your partner gets angry to make you feel like you've messed up and therefore you have to correct the problem even if you haven't done anything wrong. But it gets into this cycle where you're treated as the one who's got the problem and so some people start to believe that they're the one that has the problem when really it's the person who's getting angry and trying to control them. Well, and the other side of that coin is obviously a messiah complex where some some people are just good-hearted and they're of the mindset that oh, well, I have to help everybody that I that I possibly can. I I remember and you know who I'm talking about. I worked for a clinical practitioner and one of my responsibilities was to clear his uh, his voicemails and you know do office things, and he would get sometimes this voicemails from very distraught patients, and I found it real or emails of people just spilling their guts, you know, at three a.m. and I found it really difficult. I found it really, really difficult to deal with that situation because I was too focused on the fact that it was his job to, as a clinical practitioner, to help these people. And I spoke to him about it and he told me, you know, it's not my responsibility to fix every problem they have. It's my responsibility to do, uh, and he listed all of the various responsibilities he has in his code of ethics as a social worker and a practitioner. And he, he laid it all out and he said the rest of it, you know, you can, you can feel compassion and you can feel sympathy for that, for the people as they go through their, their struggles. But ultimately, if you make it your responsibility, it's just going to run down your mental health and drive you into the ground and you'll be even less help to them. Yeah, this is one of the things that I heard a lot from my professors was you don't want your clients to become dependent on you. So essentially, as soon as you get a client in a way you're trying to work yourself out of a job. Now, if someone needs some long-term support, maybe they need therapy for a year because what they're going through is really difficult. You don't want to cut that short, but you do want to start as a therapist. You want to start therapy with the end in mind that you're not trying to keep your clients dependent on you. You're trying to give them a new level of confidence, maybe teach them a few skills so that they're better able to handle these things on your own. Well, the last thing you want is to be someone else's decision maker. Well, it's ultimately also the tr it comes down to the treatment goal. Uh, so you make a goal. Your goal isn't to solve all of their problems. It's to deal with an issue or a few issues. All right, well, I think that's all the time we have for today. But if you like our content, please consider liking, sharing, commenting, and subscribing. We really appreciate it. And until next time, remember that small steps lead to big changes. We'll see you next time.